podcast by two 30-something dudes whose adult lives and responsibilities haven't eclipsed our zeal for stupid nerdy shit. From Warhammer 40k to video games to eh, potpourri, I don't know. We're here to love the stuff that you love. If it's your fandom, we are your tandem. Of course, as always, I'm Ben, a.k.a. LS Demon, and I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Tom, a.k.a. Tommy Bones, a.k.a. Bonesaw Miniatures on Instagram. Hello. Tom, it's been a long week again, hasn't it? Yeah, they're just getting longer. You and I need to make this a thing. Uh, viewers, please help us out here. We really want to stop <laughs> working. We both have really onerous <laughs> jobs. We'd, we'd much rather talk about this shit and have you even, you could throw tomatoes at us. Honestly, I don't care if I don't have to go into an office. <laughs> For a nominal fee. <laughs> For a nominal dollar per tomato. That seems, <laughs> seems reasonable. And I get to keep the tomato, though. <laughs> But as always, Tom, we, yeah. we get over the long week by chatting with each other. We, we review the events of the week, usually with some, some 40K news in there. And we like to have a little beer while we do it. Tom, what are you drinking tonight? Victory Brewing Golden Monkey, Belgian-style triple ale. I think I've had that one before. It's pretty good, right? Yes, very strong. Well, I applaud your, your craft brew sense. As always, I went with something a little more mundane. I just stopped by the CVS on the way home. I got a Modelo Especial. Well, gets the job done. Happy Memorial Day. Hey, uh, Tom, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to chat a little bit about the Warhammer Plus streaming service. Yeah, so so for those that don't know, a week or so ago, uh, the Games Workshop announcement came that the shows that they had recently acquired from some of the private animators, including Astartes and Exodite, along with a slew of really cool looking programs were actually going to be released on a proprietary streaming service which they've called warhammer plus with more details including how much it costs and how you access it coming later in the summer unsurprisingly people had strong opinions i'm curious tom (laughs) when you heard that did you have an immediate reaction yes yes i did i i thought about the episode you know we talked a little bit before uh, an earlier episode when when games workshop announced uh they were reaching out to these independent content creators and sort of welcoming them into the fold and, you know, making their content canon. And, you know, they're, and it was really cool. You know, we were super impressed that they were, you know, making the effort. And then, you know, when they recently announced Warhammer Plus, you know, it just, my mind immediately went to, oh, okay. <laughs> I see what you were doing. <laughs> it's, like you, it's like that thing you see on the internet where the person throws up the sheet and then disappears. And then the, the cat or dog is like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> It's like, I see. You you were releasing a, a service. You needed content at launch. There really wasn't any you know, altruistic motivations behind it. You just wanted cash grab. Yeah, and I think you're not alone in that feeling. I think people pretty much freaked out. I know on Grimdank on Reddit and a variety of other YouTube sources, people were letting <laughs> that for a few days. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to explore it a little bit. I am one of the things I do for a career is I'm actually a business consultant. So I, there's some thoughts I have about whether this is a good idea or not from a business perspective. Spoilers, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I, I need to see the details. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, like, Tom, how did we get to this place where we, <laughs> as fans, we, we fucking love Warhammer and everything, but we're so vitriolic against Games Workshop all the time? <laughs> what? I mean, like... Why is that? I don't know. It almost seems like they're trying to alienate most of their fan base. Yeah. And I don't get it. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of reasons for that. Like, to be honest, look, I don't think that they're trying to alienate us. Then they're just so out of touch that they don't realize I th- they're... I think that's partly it, but I also just think it's a communication thing. Mm. 
You know, like I'll give you a great example. The thing that people always come back to is why do you keep putting out space marine models and not any of the Xenos factions? <laughs> and I think Games Workshop could really crush that by just having somebody come out and publish an article or put something on social media that says, hey, like we totally hear you. We're working on it. Here's a timeline. Right. Like we're doing Space Marines right now because that's been in plan for XYZ amount of time. And, and you know, that's that's the top seller by two times, two X, whatever, you know, it's, yeah. it's people buy it. We need the funding. And, you know, last year was pretty much a wash with COVID, you know, they yeah. really slowed things down. I get it. And, and they, they ran out of stock because their supply chain got all messed up because of COVID. So their supply did not meet demand. Games Workshop, if you're listening, I, <laughs> I get it. Like you're, you're blowing up right now. Your stock is worth a ton. You have a core fan base. My number one suggestion to you is you need to work on how you communicate to that fan base and try to incorporate them into the decision making, even if it's just the appearance of that. <laughs> Acknowledge what people are saying. Hey, yeah, we know you want Xenos models. Here's here's where it is in our plan. Like we heard you. We take that in. Stay tuned. Here's here's when it's going to come. I think it's there's not so much an issue of them not knowing what the people want because they're there have been a number of tongue-in-cheek jokes. I think, like, uh, I can't remember now what it was a video for, but um, one of oh, the Pr- releases... Primaris Lieutenant? <laughs> one of the releases, and on a whiteboard behind them, is another Primaris Lieutenant written on the whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know exactly what we're talking about. You are listening. You're just ignoring us. Or at least that's how it seems. And, and I suspect, I think it's probably just a concern of, like, hey, well, we don't want to over-promise and under-deliver... Or, well, you know, there's there's some risk involved, so we don't want to tell people. I totally get that, Games Workshop. I think you get a lot of street cred. You get a lot of patience if you just come out and say, hey, let's do a survey and listen to people. Or, hey, we read the boards. Like, we know this is what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get to it quite yet, but we're working on it. If you just said, like, if you told Tom, hey, we know you want a, a Demon Primarch Fulgrim model. We hear you. It's on, it's on the list of things we're going to try to get to. How good would that make you feel? I, at least I would know it was in the works. You know, it, the anticipation and just constantly being disappointed from not knowing, I think, uh, is, is the worst part. If I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I'm more likely to, to spend more money on other things. I agree with you. Or to save up or to be like, OK, well, I know it's coming down the pike. I'm not going to go invest in something else because, you know, as a hobbyist, we both have limited budgets. Right. So um, I think number the, one is communication. I think that's the biggest problem they have. I did pre-order Dexessa. What is Dexessa? Uh, the Talon of Slanesh. Oh, it's, that awesome thing. And it could be like two different models. Yeah. Dexessa or uh, or what's the other one? Sinessa, the voice of Slanesh. So potato, potato. Yeah. Those models do look sick. Yeah. The, that's, you know, that's never been a, a complaint. You know, the GWs, their sculpts and the quality of the models are just amazing. Phenomenal. And like, we love what you guys are doing. Now, I think the other the other complaint that people chiefly have, and this is where we'll get into the Warhammer stream, is there is a awareness that you have this core group of customers, us like hardcore gamers, and that we are going to pay for whatever you put out. Mm-hmm. You're you're the drug dealer. The drug <laughs> is 40K or, or fantasy. Well, 40K anyway. Like, we're going to buy it, right? Like, if you put out a streaming service, I'm going to buy it. If you put out a codex, and then two months later, there's some kind of expansion, and I have to get it, I may buy it. But at some point, this attempt to extract as much capital as possible from that core group of people, you're going to tap it out. And I know people... from a stone. Absolutely. We're really frustrated. Like, the whole buy a codex, you should be able to get everything you need for that army in that codex. And if you put something out in an expansion... 
here's a great idea. Just say, hey, if you get the app and you have the codex, we'll give you access to everything else related to that army. We updated the codex in the app yeah. to include all the FAQs and erratas. And then there's a reason to have the app. Right. It's like, hey, we know the app costs money, but at least we're going to keep it updated every month with all the FAQs. So you don't need to buy the expansion to play your favorite army. Because right. the app is crap. <laughs> but if you build an army and submit it, you could win that army. Yeah, okay. Show me the winners. <laughs> but that's that's the second thing is, like, look, you have this core group of people. You've been using them successfully to continue to grow exponentially. It's You're going to tap out that market. And the things that you're doing now to tap out that market increasingly feel like they're not a partnership, they're a predation. Mm-hmm. You are preying on our love of your product and not giving us enough back for the money we're investing in it, and you're going to alienate those people. So my <laughs> suggestion, this can get into the Warhammer Plus, start expanding the market. Stop trying to just you know cook that core group of people. Start getting money from other people. Right. And that brings us to Warhammer Plus tab. Have you looked at the lineup, by the way? Uh, yeah, uh, all the stuff that they had, all the animation they had mentioned they were bringing in, you know, the Exodite, and, uh, Astartes, and all that good stuff. It looks fucking tight. Like, straight yeah. up, like, I want to watch this stuff. Like, Hammer and Balter, that's the one where it's like, it's a different story each week and a different animation style. Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait. Angels of Death is like Imperials versus Gene Steeler Cults. Looks pretty good. Yeah. So there's some creativity there. I, I'm excited about Exodite and Astartes too. All good stuff. Interrogator. I, I assume that's probably about something Inquisition related. It's a show about a man who's looking to avenge his dead boss, an Imperial Inquisitor. Well, that's compelling. But it's good shit. Yeah. I, and I was so excited. We did that episode. We're like, oh, this is great. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Expanding the universe. I'm thinking, like, good. Get a show on Adult Swim. Put a show on Netflix. Because then you're starting to expand out into a different crowd, and you're going to you're gonna grow the pie that is the market instead of mm-hmm. shrinking the pie by continuing to just only, only put everything behind a paywall. And I'm so disappointed in myself uh, that I didn't immediately see it for what it was. I think I have to uh, forfeit my Cynicism Association membership card. When you said Cynicism, by the way, I thought you were talking about one of those two Slanesh demons. <laughs> I was like, wait, isn't that one of the two? <laughs> That's her name, though. So, so here's my point on this. If you look at a, a different company, which is in kind of a similar situation, Marvel circa 2000, mm-hmm. the 90s were not kind to Marvel or to comics in general. And like prior to that, like there were some video games, like I'm sure you and I played like, you know, Super Nintendo, Nintendo games. There were toys, some cartoons, but like the bulk, maybe if not a bulk, a large percentage of their income was derived from their core product, which was comics. Mm-hmm. And in like the 80s and, and before, huge business and starting in the 90s, it started to tail off. So they had a kind of turning point where in the late 90s, early 2000s, they started selling off part like franchises like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, all that stuff to try to gain some money back. And what we saw was that really freaking good movies that were accessible to everyone suddenly expanded out Marvel so that it went from something that was kind of fun for some people and like had a really hardcore core group of people mm-hmm. to just mainstream. Yeah. Like, like today... Everyone has seen a Marvel movie. I remember um, a couple of days ago, there was, you know, on Facebook, you can see memories of things you've posted from that day in history. Uh, and one of my one of my posts was, you know, hey, remember back in the day when liking comic books made you a nerd? <laughs> 
like you know it, it just became such a thing everyone was going watching these summer blockbuster superhero movies yeah like i remember as a kid like only the nerds like would wear <laughs> superhero shit or like liking superheroes meant you were a geek or you can get beat up and now mm-hmm. if you don't you're the you're the weird one now <laughs> i'm not advocating bullying to be clear but what i'm saying is it's there was a complete shift and suddenly it's mainstream and and games workshop you have an opportunity here where your product is poised, your IP is poised to become something that is more than just the the principal playground of these diehard people like Tom and I. The stories are there. You know, there's so much amazing content that so many great stories can be told. Absolutely. If you can get one of these shows and just release it for free, you're going to, like, not only does that add street cred, just like have it on Adult Swim, make a partnership with, with Hulu, just get it on mm-hmm. there. Suddenly, people who would never look at this are like, oh, this, this is cool. And it gets so much just credibility as a real medium uh, and IP. But to put it behind a paywall means now you're only going to get money in the short term from that core group of fans that's willing to pay some amount of money. But in the long term, you lost this tremendous opportunity to release all this stuff and get so many more people into it. Exactly. You're not – it, it's preaching to the choir, you know, the – no one who's never heard of Warhammer is going to pay for this service. But if you've got a couple of shows on Hulu, you know, the sci-fi fan who's never heard of Warhammer might, you know, check it out and say, hey, this is really cool. Now you've got yourself a new customer who's going to spend thousands <laughs> you know, of dollars on an army. You know, it, it just seems to make better sense. And, you know, you, those people who like it from the sidelines, they're probably never going to pay thousands of dollars for an army. But they'd probably buy an action figure. Or a comic book. I just bought the Marnius Colgar. Colgar. God, I Marnius Colgar. Colgate. Comic book. It looks great. Yeah, the Colgate. <laughs> Marina Colgate uh, comic book. It's which looks delicious and good. Uh, <laughs> but like, you can get those people to buy, you know, apparel. Get them to buy a T-shirt. Of like, it becomes a meme. Suddenly, it's it's merchandising potential. I mean, you can get one person to pay two thousand dollars or five thousand people to pay ten bucks. Where are you getting more money, guys? It's, it's an it's, easy way to get new people into the hobby. Yeah, and even if they don't like, you know, maybe they'll buy the games. You know, I mean, Total War Warhammer is doing awesome in terms mm-hmm. of like preaching for for this stuff. Too bad we can't get yeah. a good forty k game. <laughs> Unless they want to play Total War or Dawn of War. And Gog, which I did love. I loved the yeah. first couple Donna Wars, but and then Gog, yeah, that's the only place. I think it's actually on, it's on Steam too. I think you can buy oh, it on Steam. It? Okay. But but there's the point. So so that's our rant. Like Games Workshop, you got a couple opportunities here. One is you need to communicate better with your core fans because right now it feels like you're ignoring everybody, and I don't think you are. I just don't think. You know, it's like in a relationship. If you don't say I love you, the other person might not assume, it, right? You gotta, you gotta vocalize it. Hey, guys, we're hearing you. Here's the things that we're working on. Here's a timeline. Even say, keep in mind, our timeline could get completely screwed up because we're dealing with all these resources. We're trying to go as a company, but this is the best we can do. Bring mm-hmm. us on board as your partners instead of the people that you're trying to build money from. Mm-hmm. Number two, change the relationship with us from one where you're trying to extract as much capital as possible to one where you're viewing us as partners who are going to be long-term invested in the company and start making it worth our while to buy these incremental products that you're trying to sell us for, or you're going to alienate us. And three, don't just think about us as your future. You should always have us at the center, but also think about how do we expand this to different and new audiences. And in that vein, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. Well said. 
All right, so that was that was the serious part of the show. Now, of course, Tom, you and I got excited because with a new Warhammer streaming service, that means they're going to need more show ideas. Of course. So we came up with some uh, some potential candidates. Warning: This is where stuff gets fucking dumb and silly from now on. Games Workshop, make these shows. Make these shows. All right, Tom, I think you came up with two pilots. I came up with three. Yeah. Is there any, like, before we dive in, is there anything you want to, like, a, a tee up or some kind of inspiration that you were drawing from? No, I was just thinking about shows that I like and how, I guess, much like the video game episode, you know, these are games that I like and how can they be ported to the universe of 40K. My, mine was that, and then also what puns could I get into the titles? Ooh, that too. So, all right, on that note, Tom. <laughs> so there's a couple cool things going on in the War, the Warhammer Plus. So we got some Sigmar. We got some some. There's a whole bunch of stuff with the Stargies. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is is conflict centered. Although Interrogator seems like it could be a cool film noir or mystery. So that you know, there's a little bit different. But I'm saying let's go a completely different genre. Mm-hmm. And that's why I came up with Cooking with Corpse Starch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> is that one of yours too? <laughs> the great corpse starch bake-off are you serious <laughs> yeah all right so so i'll just mine i didn't have a whole lot other than i was thinking like you could get a gordon ramsay-esque like maybe like a political officer or the commissar who every episode reminds people that it's it's their you know graven duty to honor every ration that they get and that they should be thrilled to even get corpse starch and then that could lead into something where you know different people try recipes the difference here is it is a competing show the person with the worst recipe gets executed for dishonoring the gifts that the emperor provides i love it how did what what angle did you take on this one uh see i didn't really go so so far with it i just the great british baking show but with corpse starch (laughs) do we know what corpse starch i I feel like it's like an energy bar like, do we have any other details about what it is uh, or what it tastes like? I, I assumed it would be like a powdered form. You know, I don't know if that's accurate. In my okay. head, I would know. Like bone dust. Yeah, I wasn't... I, I, have you ever seen um, The Snowpiercer? The movie or the show? Uh, I've only seen the movie. Yeah. But, you know, they eat the bars that are made out of, like, bugs, basically. Mm-hmm. That's I, I read about corpse starch right about when I saw that, so for some reason that's what stuck in my mind. It's like a bar ah. of protein or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right, so some kind of corpse starch scent, which I think would be, you can make it a little tongue-in-cheek, and maybe you could have some kind of, like, nested yeah. show about it, but whatever. Because they have the judges and then the quirky hosts that, you know, that make jokes, you know, get a bunch of, you know, imperial citizens in a tent baking. All right, you ready for number two? <laughs> yeah. Man versus warp. Ooh. So so we know man versus food and man versus wild. This I have to actually <laughs> give Gabrielle credit for this. So the idea here is you get a group of people and mm. each one has to go through a set of trials with the final one being they're going to be in a compartment of a ship which is not protected by a killer field. <laughs> and whoever survives the longest wins. Unfortunately, they're probably so tainted by the experience that they have to be liquefied. It's like a reality competition series. Exactly. Good fear factor <laughs> exactly I love it. other thoughts on like what you could do with it I, I mean i didn't really get that far on this one but i thought it's something where people are exposed to the unprotected <laughs> warp would be entertaining television at the least yeah watch them be torn apart by demons yeah absolutely i in horrific ways i'm sure <laughs> yeah. uh all right what do you got as your number two uh so my other one uh i thought of crime procedural Ooh. In the grimdark Necromunda justice system, the, enfor- <laughs> the enforcers that old 
the enforcers that uphold Lord Helmar's word of law are known as the Adeptus Arbides. These are their stories. Dun, dun. Law and order, Necromunda. Would uh, would Jerry Orbach have some some hand in it? Yeah, of course. Wait, is that that's the guy who runs that show, right? Dick Wolf. Oh no, Jerry Orbach was the actor. I'm thinking yeah. of Dick Wolf. I mean, Jerry Orbach. Wow, he's been dead for almost 20 years. Really? 2004. That's crazy. Huh. All right, R.I.P. Jerry Orbach. You were uh, taken from us too soon. Mm-hmm. Only 69 at the time. Uh, but yeah, Dick Wolf would be involved. So, so do you? So it's basically kind of like Law and Order, where you have each kind of part of the justice system interacting with each other. Yeah, well, it's mostly uh, you know enforcers, the way I saw it, and they just you know they have to put up with ganger shenanigans, you know, Eschers and Delac, but super violent because <laughs> they don't give a shit. That would be pretty tight. I would totally watch that. I like it. So it's what is it called again? Law and Order Necromunda? Yeah, I, you know, I guess I didn't really have a title. Just where my mind went. All right. Well, my next one that I came up, and then I just a couple came to mind as we were talking, so I'll I'll, I'll riff a little bit. I had Survivor Astartes. Hmm. So we're gonna follow the Astartes aspirants. I also called it like recruit Astartes or who will be the Astartes, something like that. But mm-hmm. it's just a uh, Survivor ask or reality show ask. You know, I like the the greatest race, where you start with some number of youths attempting to pledge themselves to an Astartes chapter only to be slowly whittled away until only a few remain and their what remains of their psyche gets transformed into a transhuman. Nice. So a little bit like today's reality shows, I think the great race was was the one I was just talking about or Survivor or like even boot camp back in the day, except that it's about children who die over time to try to become a, su- a superhuman because it's the grim dark and it's a very sad reality. Right. I, ha- I did think of something similar, but it was the opposite because I had just read uh, Spear of the Emperor, mm-hmm. and their home planet where they recruit the, the Emperor Spears, where they get repla- you know, replacement ranks, you know, the, the civilian population, it's not a great honor for them, like as it is in the rest of the Imperium. They re- like the, the barbarian people sort of revere the space marines as ghosts to be feared and mourned, mm-hmm. because their children go off to become space marines, and then they become a, a totally different person, and they, they never see their loved one again. So it's like, a pun, like they they don't want to be space marines, right? Which they shouldn't, because it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that was a cool take. So the the losers get drafted, <laughs> and they become space marines, and the winner gets to live with his family. That's an interesting one too. I was also trying to think of like what would be the right chapter, and I mean, if it's it becomes really different if it's like salamanders versus blood angels versus like ultramarines, right? Because the salamanders, you still have connections with your family after you become an Astartes. Right. But I think that has some, maybe each season is a different chapter. Mm-hmm. A couple others I thought of that you and I have talked about. I didn't write these down, but I, I, I know we had chatted about them at one point. Surfs. Mm. So it's kind of like Friends, like it would be the same logo, but it's about four, maybe five, 20s and 30s uh, chapter <laughs> surfs working on a Space Marine battle barge. Yeah. You can watch them, you know, get into all kinds of sitcom-esque hijinks like <laughs> Uh-oh, this week, uh, Rossius forgot to fully polish Captain Lamartes's armor, and there was a blood spatter. Or you can watch as they hang out in a hab block, which is far too large, given their income and importance in the chapter. <laughs> I like it. The only thing is, there probably wouldn't be a hairstyle, because I'm pretty sure, you know, there's no, like, Rachel hairstyle, because they all have their heads shaved each week. Right, yeah. Um, by the way, I do not like the show Friends. <laughs> I was trying to do a, a sitcom, but it was failing me. The best I could come up with was a, a space wolf 
and you know like a salamander you're trying to pit two like opposite type personalities together and watch the hijinks like a buddy cop movie yeah that would be pretty cool <laughs> they they have a they have a, sh- a show listed on Warhammer Plus that's called High Lords, and I didn't see any more information about it, but I assume it's probably about like political intrigue on Terra. Mm. I do think maybe you could do something kind of like extras, but it's like, you know because there are the high families in Terra, the big houses, and I'm sure they mm. need entertainment, so there's probably some kind of like theater scene, and you could talk about that behind the scenes. That would be interesting. Mm. <laughs> All right, any other last ideas for like we could just riff here if anything comes to mind. Ooh. I would actually like to see the fall of the Eldar. That's actually a legit cool one because you're right. Like we've got the Horus Heresy. Why not the fall of the Eldar? Or even just what is the play that the Harlequins put on? Yeah, that would that would be a tight animation. <laughs> I would like to see their performance from start to finish. I also think there could be like a sitcom with Necrons. Because <laughs> like, by the way, I, I think you and I have talked before the whole retcon where now Necrons have a like personality and they're kind of quirky. I think it's yeah. hilarious. I like it a lot. So something with Trazen and some of the other ones, and it's like Game of Thrones, but like it's a little bit, you know, like sitcommy. I would I would watch that. Yeah. Trazen has infinite potential just in himself. Yeah, Trazen the infinite, infinite potential. Get it? Was that a pun? Okay. <laughs> orcs. Oh yeah, orcs write themselves. I mean, every week is a different get rich quicks game for one of the orc war bosses. Yeah. And he learns a lesson every week. It's like, oh, the more you know, but it's always DACA or Crumpet. And there's a there's an orc that's credited every week, but it's not actually on the show, but it's because he's purple and you can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> so there's infinite potential here. I do hope they explore some humorous stuff. They, unfortunately, you'll notice... Uh, <laughs> Text to speech was not among the shows picked up because I think Warhammer takes itself pretty seriously. But I, I, I think something a little satirical would be pretty fun. And yeah. Games Workshop, you know where to come if you need more ideas. My phone number is one eight hundred Bonesaw, which is a reference to early '90s Marvel that we were talking about. That's right. That was uh, Macho Man's handle when he was a pro wrestler on the first Spider-Man. Right? Yeah, Bonesaw. <laughs> I got you for three minutes. <laughs> oh, is that you, Macho Man? I, you're back from the dead. Oh, it's your ghost is on our show. Oh, yeah. How are those Slim Jims uh, treating you in the afterlife? I'm the heavyweight champion of heaven, brother. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, what about like Andre? He's pretty heavy. I beat him in a steel cage last week. That's actually a scary good impression. We should <laughs> we should add that to the Christopher Walken, George Takei. <laughs> Yeah, George, uh, Christopher Walken was god-awful. Um, I liked it. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, as always, uh, guys, like and subscribe. Uh, mash the button. You can shoot us. You know what? Get at Tom's Instagram. Apparently, we have a Twitter I set up that I forgot about. Oh, yeah. So I might start getting active on that. So if you at Forty Create Podcast, uh, you can send us some notes. But we'd love to hear from you. Uh, really, at the end of the day... We do this because we we love to talk about this and stay in touch, but we'd love to help you guys in any way we can with your entertainment needs in this soon-to-be-no-longer-quarantine world. But with that, goodbye, good night. Suck it. When in doubt, punch it out. You better lick it before you stick it. Oh, uh, what is that one? Is that a stamp? Alright, it's a brush. What happens? What I'm cynicism. <laughs> it's like you're combining cynicism with enema. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that while you were taking a drink. I think you almost <laughs> didn't you? <laughs>
That's a first. That's the first time we've said enema on this show. <laughs> Put in uh, ringing bells and sirens. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do a little sound effect. 